Yes, good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, February 27, the big sports breakfast on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And uh, we still getting a lot of texts in about not being able to listen to the show on various apps. And I'm told that some of those will be rectified today. Uh, we're relying on our third parties to sort that out, but we're on to them. Uh, so those who like to listen on the radio app, I'm told it will be sorted today. Fingers crossed. But let's go straight to where we need to be. And that is Las Vegas, where he is nestled in. The great Laurie Daly. Loz, morning. or Yeah, it is morning, isn't it? Uh, it's Monday morning for you. How are you, mate? Vegas, baby. Vegas. <laughs> We're on. Uh, what a what a time to be over here, Mido. Uh Plenty of Australians I ran into last night. I walked down the strip. It was amazing because they had the marathon on. And there were so many people here competing in it, but also lining the streets. And they had music pumping. I ran into plenty of Aussies. Uh, there was a lot of builders I ran into. What about this? There's the International Builders Convention on here in Vegas this week as well. So they've just got event after event after event. Um, I did really well last night. I walked up and down the strip. I was offered beer, didn't have one. I spoke to a lot of Aussies. They're quite excited. I was up early this morning. I've seen the billboards. And I've also seen, when I was down at the gym this morning, advertising for the game on television yeah. over here in America. So they're giving it a real red-hot crack to have success. Well, it looks like the ticket sales are getting upwards towards that 40000 mark. I, I, 35000 I believe, have been sold now. So if it gets to forty, yeah, that is a success. Uh, so, you know, war is looking good. And then how's the weather, Loz? Like how, how cool is it? Oh, the weather's perfect. You know, I, I was walking around last night and I, I had my shorts on and I had a T-shirt on. I had a light sweater, but I didn't really need to put it on. I, I eventually put it on, but the weather was perfect. But they said by Saturday it's going to drop. But we're playing in an indoor stadium. So the conditions shouldn't affect the teams. The teams will prepare in... Uh, great weather, they'll, great conditions, uh, there'll be no excuses, and I reckon we'll see some really good football in Game 1. I, I think the players understand the opportunity that's been presented to them to represent our code over here in America. Um, it's a not a one-off. It's, it's, we're here for five years. They want to showcase the best of our games. I think you'll see high quality in Round 1. And I think we'll see, we, we, we may see errors, but I reckon you'll see plenty of intensity and, and you'll see, in particular, in defence, I think they'll go hard. Um, they'll try and use the ball, although the width of the field will be of, of concern. Um, but I, I think they'll try and establish dominance through the middle. And if we get that, it'll be a physical game. And you'll see the natural skill of the players come to the fore because early in the season, you're going to get fatigue. And it doesn't matter what size field you're playing on, um, you, you'll get fatigued. So it could open it up in the middle for some of the quicker guys. Um, but it's really exciting. And as I said, you know, I, I walked around last night and there's a lot of Aussies uh, already here. There's a lot of Aussies that have already caught the planes over to LA, San Fran, and they're just transiting there for a couple of days. And then they're coming later in the week or midweek to Vegas. Um, and, and Vegas will obviously put on a show, as they do, better than anyone around the world. Um, but it will be taken over by Aussies this weekend, Las Vegas for sure. Michael, very good morning. Morning, boys. How are you? Morning to our listeners. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Happy Tuesday. Uh, lot was nice to see you. Um, finally got there. Got your luggage. That's a win. Got your hotel room. Got the luggage, mate. I got yeah. everything. I, I, I'd calm down. I'd calmed down and went for a walk yesterday. Yeah. It was a <laughs> you were tough excited. 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was very excited. But it's amazing when you walk around Vegas, the sights that you see, yeah. the smells that you come across. Um, the, the, the people are just up and about and they're here for a good time. And uh, as I said, I, I went to the gym this morning. And I went down there, I think at, I don't know, 7.30 or something like that. It might have been 7 o'clock. But there were people in the casino that I'm staying at. They're on the tables. They're still drinking. Some Amazing. are just starting. Some haven't even finished. Um, they're smiling. They're loud. There wasn't too many people in the gym. Surprise, surprise. 
Um, but it's just a, a good vibe. It's, it's a it's a really wonderful vibe that we're all excited about being over here. And 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 the players, I'm sure, once they put their feet on the ground in Vegas, they'll they'll sense the excitement and anticipation and 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 really play the game the way it should be played. And and hopefully the people that turn up, I mean, the Americans that, that turn up or watch it on TV, but also the Australians that have paid their hard-earned cash to, to come over here and support their teams. Hopefully the players give them a, a wonderful contest. Have you seen many brides and grooms in the hotel foyer or around? Because that's one thing I remember struck out. I, oh, I was yeah. in Vegas in 2010, the one time I went. But just seeing people who obviously are going to do the, the little chapel marriage laws. Have you, have you noticed any of that yet? No, no, I haven't seen any of that, Mido, to be fair, um, because I, I didn't get here until late yesterday afternoon. So by the time I got to the hotel, dropped the baggage uh, bags off, checked into the hotel, went for a walk, um, I just sort of stayed on the strip and was watching the, the marathon and sort of walking in and out of hotels. So I haven't come across too many people getting married yet, but that might be on the agenda today. Do you know anyone who's been married in Vegas, pub? I can think of a couple off the top of my head. Uh, People I've come across. The old shotgun wedding. Get it no, done. No, I don't think so, actually. Yeah. I, I'm sure there has been, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I, no, I don't think, I can't think of it, no. Yeah. If but anyone, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's Just renewing their vows, Mido, yeah, or actually. No, no, that. no, 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 it's actually. Doing it properly. Doing it properly, yeah. Yeah, doing it properly. In the, in the Elvis yeah. get-up? Well, not necessarily, no. Uh, but I can definitely think of one couple I know who did it. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm actually not, not 100% jam. sure the whole legalities yeah. of it. Um, like, yeah, anyway, but if anyone's got any great Vegas wedding stories, uh, to... let us know. 0419767272. With marriage, do you actually need to remarry in the oh. in Australia? Like, I'm, if you get married outside of Australia, yeah, I'm, I reckon there's something you need to actually do yeah. in the when you get back into the country. I'd have to go back to year eight legal studies, yeah, pup. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't yeah. know why I'm asking. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> Take that question back. Well, just on, on, well on. did you see, by the way, I saw this on the news yesterday. Um, Loz, I'm sure, certainly wouldn't have seen this, but uh, there, there was a story about a couple from Cabramatta, obviously in Sydney, who won an all-expenses KFC wedding package worth $80,000. And they utilised it when they were married on Valentine's Day recently at the Opera House. So they cut into a KFC bucket-themed wedding cake. Uh, guests had personalised fried chicken buckets. And, yeah, you can imagine, I saw a picture of, like, the grazing table. You went and picked your crispy strip. $80,000. Yeah, well, I guess surely that that must include venue hire, I guess, does it? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it's just not product of KFC. <laughs> no, well, that's a lot of KFC. You'd be feeding 1,000 mm. people, 2,000 people. Yeah. Um, no, I, I didn't see that story, Mido, but if you love your KFC, you'd be pretty excited about it. And to have a wedding paid for, because weddings are very expensive. Exactly right. So, no, the couple absolutely loved it. Uh, big news coming out of Brisbane ahead of uh, Sunday, our time, and the season opener. It is official that Captain Adam Reynolds has signed a contract extension, taking him through to the end of 2025. This had been reported recently uh, anyway. But uh, as reported, he'll look to transition into a coaching role uh, there at Red Hill. What are the sort of the predominant jerseys you've seen so far, Loz? There'll be a bit of everything, I guess. Uh, Broncos. Broncos. I, I've seen the, a South Sydney shirt, and it was funny because I, I said to him, oh, right, you're, you're South man. Yep. Uh, supported him since day dot. And I saw all the other blokes and, and wives and partners with them, and I said, oh, all Souths? And uh, he goes, no, nah, they're all Broncos. I'm with them. He said he's from Queensland, but obviously follows South Sydney. But there was a heap of Bronco people getting around. And, and a lot of um, caps, a lot of jerseys. Um, and I'm assuming there'll be more this week from other teams as we start to get closer to the game. But early on, Mido, it's it's a lot of people from Brisbane here. <laughs> Tab Lord uh, had a chuckle at your text about um, your uh, situation in Vegas. I probably can't read that out. 
But I will tell you, I had a similar situation to that when I went over there. Thank you for the text. But uh, back pages of the, of the papers. Uh, Joe with the flow is the back page of the Daily Telegraph. SBW backs code converts to star. And just uh, Sonny Bill Williams talking about Joey Manu and Joseph Swali'i and uh, saying they shouldn't have any regrets for going to the 15-man code when they do and sees them being successful. And, uh, well, just on the Roosters as well. So Dom Young doesn't need neck surgery, but is still out Sunday against the Broncos. And, Loz, that solves, I guess, a selection issue for them in the short term because they'll have almost certainly Swali'i and Tupo on the wing. And you can put Manu and Billy Smith there in the centres. And then, obviously, when Dom Young comes back, that's going to be a real conundrum for them. Oh, well, Don, Dom Young will be in their best 13, and he'll be in that side somewhere. So, obviously, there's pressure on all those players that play this weekend. Has Joey Manu made the trip over yet, or is he coming later uh, in the week Yeah, or today? I believe it's but today he might be leaving. Today, yeah. Uh, so, he's definitely going to play, uh, which is a um, big bonus for the Roosters. But that's going to be an outstanding game, isn't it? Like taking on the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, the Broncos were exceptional last year. Mm. Some great young players coming through. Hopefully, they'll be all showcasing their skills. But yeah, the the Chooks have got some some depth this year in the forwards and outside backs. Um, Swali, Swali'i, uh, depending on where they play him, I suppose is always going to be the the big question mark whether they believe he's a centre or whether they believe he's a a winger. Um, Always good to have depth, you know, and I think we've spoken about it a number of times on the program. Very rarely do you have your full complement of players to choose from, and if you do, it's a luxury to have. Uh, both uh, Michael Chemis in the Herald, Dean Bulldog Ritchie in the Telegraph uh, have written about their extensive chat with Nick Politis, uh, the Roosters' godfather and chairman, of course. Politis' vision includes team in Perth, not PNG, is the headline on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today. Uh, so... He says that eventually the NRL should have 20 teams, Nick Politis, and they should firstly, though, be uh, the Perth Bears, he says, should get the first shot. And when it goes to 18 teams, to split the competition into two conferences of nine, and that within the one conference you play each other twice, you play the team from the other conference once, so you get to, what, 25 games a season? And he makes, I think, you know, we spoke obviously about the PNG situation last week, Lord. so and by the way, so he says Perth Bears and then PNG and a team from Central Queensland. But in regards to PNG, Politis says if we go too early, it will naturally be a lot of NRL players taking up that team. So Politis says we should be patient and use the cash from the government initially to develop pathways and local comps first. So when an NRL team does come in, you've got a greater chance of more PNG players representing that team in the NRL. What do you make of that? And also of uh, 18 teams and two conferences of nine coming in, Loz. Well, I think Nick makes a very good point in pathways. I think that's what, when when you look at relocation, you've got to understand that you just can't relocate a team with a a top 20 or top 30 and and that's it. You've, You've got to be able to have that junior system where good young players see that pathway, they come through that pathway, and there's an avenue there for them to go on and play first grade at the NRL level. If you haven't, you're going to be found out pretty quickly. So you've got to build it. Uh, And the ones that have success, like the Dolphins, I mean, they've got a number of pathway systems. They've got uh, junior rugby league numbers are are through the roof. So so they'll be a force in years to come. Uh, So with PNG, they would have a lot of players that play rugby league, but the system over there, it wouldn't be as professional, as well run as what it is here in Australia. So I think, yes, that's that's correct. I don't think it'd be too difficult to make it more professional, but it's going to take a little bit more time than, say, a Dolphins. So I, I agree with Nick on, on, on that regard. Um, and then the conference thing I haven't thought too much about, but I think... With conferences in particular, one side of the conference would contain a lot of the Sydney sides. So you get all those big blockbuster games. Mm. And I think that's what they'd be looking for. And obviously with blockbuster games, if teams are going well, there's more revenue that comes into the into the uh, the clubs and the, and the NRL. Um, but it's not a bad idea to look at. 
Um, and that would take it to what twenty five teams. Twenty five games because you'd play twenty five games. You, you play your own games. conference twice, so that's sixteen mm. games there. Yeah, and you play everyone for the other conference once, so that's twenty five yeah, games. Well, yeah, I, I suppose it'll be interesting to see how we adapt to that because obviously over in America, um, they've got their their conferences and it works well over here. But would it work mm. in Australia? Would everyone like to see, you know, teams play each other twice and and other teams? Once, um, sometimes you'll get a conference that's really strong, and sometimes mm. you'll you you'll have the other conference that that won't be strong. Does that mean though that one team out of each conference plays in a grand final? Well, he, he didn't elaborate on that at least in these articles, right? Right, because I'd hate Just to see that. Because I'd hate to see me personally the two best sides being in one conference, but they can't have the opportunity to meet in a grand yeah. final. I think everyone needs the chance to be able to, to come together at the end of the year. And if you've been the two best teams, you fight it out. The other ine- inevitable complaint about it would be that there'd be naturally a lot less travel in the Sydney Conference. The other conference, you know, incorporates more teams from uh, wider geographical locations and more travel. So yeah, I'm well, sure more that... travel, which becomes more fatigue, but also the cost. Mm. So obviously the clubs would be fighting for a bit more of the pie. Um, because if you're not travelling and you're not you know, flying every week, you're not put, getting put up in accommodation, you can stay at home and you can catch a bus to the game, as you can in Sydney, well, you, your costs aren't as high as some of the, the interstate teams. So clubs would be fighting for their share of the, the money so it doesn't cost them extra compared to the other clubs. A uh, picture of Pink on the back page of the Herald as well. There she is holding up one of the Matildas goalkeeper jerseys uh, where there was an outcry about this last year after Mackenzie Arnold's exploits at the World Cup that you couldn't buy these jerseys, but Nike are putting them out to purchase now. Uh, and, of course, ahead of the Matildas match against Uzbekistan to secure their Olympic berth tomorrow night uh, in Melbourne. Just back page of the Courier Mail. Strength to strength, there's Corey Jensen, who's expected to get first crack at well, filling the void that Tom Flegler's left uh, there in the front row with Payne Haas for the Broncos. He's been smashing all their uh, strength records over the course of the off-season. Just also on the back page of the Herald, Pup, Lyon longs for series to be at least three tests. Uh, I think he makes a great point here, Nathan Lyon, ahead of the New Zealand series starting on Thursday, that uh, he says he'd just love to see a minimum of three test matches in a series. Has to be an odd number. I think it's. I think one day twenty twenty cricket's the same. I think there's nothing worse than being, you know, a levelled series. If there's rain affected or draw plays apart, so be it. But I think, yeah, I think you. I think really you, you're three or five for, for anything. Ideally, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, again, watching the England India Test series, I love that. That's you know they're playing five Test matches. Do we play five against India when Next they year come here? Yeah, see, yep. I, I, I like that. Um, Ashes is five, obviously, but even one day is. I reckon one day is just to have three Test match, uh, three one day series, or twenty twenty, hmm. rather than two. Just make them three as well. So yeah, I can understand what Liner is saying. Um, like anything, Mido, it's about time, isn't it? Trying to fit everything into the schedule and how many Test matches can you have in the summer? Uh, two teams coming, is one team coming? Um, but yeah, you'd, I think you're better off doing three and three against two test nations rather than four and two like we have in the past at certain stages um but the key is whatever it is make it good competitive cricket i reckon that has been the problem for international cricket for a while now um you're not seeing consistent consistently enough good competitive cricket it's it's too one-sided at certain stages welcome back to the big sports breakfast give us a call 13 53 53 on the text line 0419767272 loz joining us from vegas and uh, soon we're going to preview the broncos season we've only got a couple of previews to go the bronx and of course the penrith panthers uh will do tomorrow we're going to do our top eights on thursday uh, I'm told. So Thursday we'll reveal our top eights for season 2024. Uh, by the way, those who are just struggling to listen on the apps, they like to listen on to the show. The Tab app. Go to the Tab app. Uh, that's where you can listen to us, of course. And if you go down, the, scroll down the bottom of the Tab app uh, to Play Central and then scroll down the bottom, you'll find Sky Sports Radio. 
Uh, but uh, we are trying to get our third parties, the likes of Radio App, to ensure that uh, we're back on their services as well. But uh, in the meantime, the Tab App is the best place to listen to the show, of course, as well. Uh, now, we love great racing here. Friday, March 15, it's a big day at Kembla Grain, the Illawarra Men Classic Day. And the running of the Peroni Kembla Grange Classic. Now, there's plenty of great hospitality at Kembla on the day. Uh, one terrific option is the Punters Pavilion, which is going to be hosted by Brad Davidson, of course, our big sports breakfast form expert, Sky Racing form expert as well. And you can get a reserve seat in the Lawn Marquee at Kembla Grange Stubby Holder, a cheeseburger, chips, and a couple of Punters Club units, two Punters Club units for $40 <coughs> per person. Uh, so all tickets are via Mosh Ticks. But we have some Punters Pavilion double passes to give away this week. So anyone around the Illawarra or want to head to that day on Friday, March 15, and be a part of uh, Davo's Punters Pavilion there, uh, to get involved as we try and give a couple of double passes away this week, and ahead of Davo giving us his horses to follow from the weekend. And he's coming up in about an hour and a half's time this morning. Uh, so just after 7.40 Eastern Daylight Time this morning. We want to know which horse you are most keen to follow through the autumn and why. So text in 0419767272. We'll pick a few to read out to Davo. He can select the winner and he'll double pass for that day at uh, well, the Kemble Grange Classic Day, Friday, March 15, and to the Punners Pavilion, could be yours. So text your horses to follow through the autumn and why, and we'll read them to Davo. He can pick a winner out uh, today. Uh, so much to look forward to, naturally, with the footy, uh, Loz, but uh, particularly looking forward to Manly and the fact that this will actually be the first time that Luke Brooks and Daly Cherry Evans will have played together. They haven't played together in the trials. So their first crack together will be for competition points against the Bunnies on Sunday, our time. Sunday, naturally, your time. Uh, and this market continues to get closer. Merely $2 south of $1.80. One and a half the line. Skitty line there. So Merely have just kept firming for this match. But Brooks and Cherry Evans, really looking forward to seeing how it combines. Naturally, there'll be... Some, t- some adjusting period for both of them, I'm sure. Oh, well, I think so, Mido, and that's understandably, uh, and understandably so, because, you know, you, you want to work up a combination, and when you haven't played with each other, uh, it can take time. One thing I in, am interested in watching Manly play is the style, whether they play with um, opportunities for Cherry Evans and Brooks to both be on the ball, and when I mean that, play alongside football. Or whether they're just going to be middle of the field, split the halves, and Tom Trebojevic, just he's the, the go-to. He just picks a side. I'm really fascinated to see what type of style they'll come up with because I think Brooks can adapt to anything. And I think Cherry Evans is always dangerous when he floats from side to side. So I'm assuming that that's the way they're going to play. They're going to try and get their three big guns together at times. Uh, Tom obviously loves playing down short sides. If he sees nothing down there, he becomes an extra forward in the middle. Or he's also got the ability and the fitness to be able to move from the middle then to get to an edge if they start to to go those long shifts. So Manly have all the ingredients of a very good football side. I like the look of their, their forward pack. They've, they've added a bit of depth. <clears throat> the key will be keeping Tom on the field, obviously. Um, because he means everything to that football team. I think the strike rate when he's there is about 75%, but no doubt what you said earlier, the the spot would be on Luke Brooks. I think it just frees Luke up to concentrate on his running game. He's a left foot kick, which helps playing on that left edge. Um, You know, Paseca uh, is a very good player up front. Uh, Ola Katow, um, he's he's a damaging back rower. I suppose... The X factor, and if they can get Josh Schuster in the right frame of mind, he could be that player that comes off the interchange bench and sparks the attack if they're looking for something. Um, you know, obviously there's a question mark about you know because he carries a few injuries, his fitness level hasn't been as as great as what they wanted him to be last year. But 
we know that he's got the talent and we know that if you can get him fit on the field, the ability to create points, they won't have a drama with it, Manly. When you've got Cherry Evans, Brooks in the side, Tom in the side, and you're throwing Gusta, they've got creators that will be able to give this team the ability to score points. And if they can hold their own through the middle, and Jake's another one, Jake gets through plenty of work, but he can use the football. I think if their forwards hold together, I think Manly will play finals footy this year and the possibility of possibly you know, pushing through to a top four position. Shane, good morning. Hey, boys, how are you going today? All right? Very well. Thanks, mate. Um, first up, I just want to wish my youngest son a happy birthday. 22 years old today, and he's a Mad Bear supporter. Good loves on his him. UFC and loves his reshes. So he's an old soul. <laughs> um, now, Mido, I went to a function on Saturday, um, a wide cross-section of people, and you know what the number one discussion was? Uh, what, the Bears back in the comp? It was expansion. That's not not Vegas. It was expansion, mate. It's got to be the Perth Bears. You look at they've got a junior system oh, over there already. Yeah. They've got a thriving uh, rugby league A grade over there. So many expats, Kiwis, mm. Pommies that love the run, running game, mining money. But the biggest thing is Super Saturday, one game at three thirty, five thirty, seven thirty, nine thirty, another live game coming out of Perth, mate. It's win win. Oh, mate, you, amen. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah, to I all mean, of that. I know they're talking about this New Guinea franchise, but we have to look inside our own country. It has to be the National Rugby League. And the other thing is, I've been banging on about this conference system for the last couple of years. It's got to come in because you have two conferences. You have a New South Wales-based conference and a national conference. The teams play, as they said, they play each other twice in their own conference, they cross over, and then there's no whinging about you're not playing everybody twice because you're in your own conference. At the end of the year, you've got four from the National Conference, four from the New South Wales Conference, meet in the semis, and then the champion of the National Conference plays a champion from the New South Wales Conference. And I know you're going to have South and Roosters supporters going, oh, but they'll never meet in the grand final. They've only ever played one grand final in 120 years anyway. This is the way they have to do it. They have to have a team from out New South Wales representing and a team from New South Wales representing. It's the only way to go forward. Well, Loz, so judging by what you, what you said before, you probably don't agree with that. You don't want to split the uh, look, conference champions well, up to play. Like I, I don't Super mind. The, Bowl, I don't like mind the com- Yeah, I, I don't mind the conference system, but I, I still believe that you've got to give the best two teams a shot at making the grand final. And again, that's something that I've just grown up with. It, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't get used to it. Um, and some people would be accepting of the fact that, yep, that's what we've got. We've got a conference over here. We've got the conference, and both teams meet in the playoff, um, as they do in American sport. But for me, I don't want to see the best two teams. Like, if you had, for instance, last year, Penrith and the Broncos were the two standout teams in the NRL, in my opinion. They were head and shoulders above any other any other team. And if they played off in a conference final, that would be the grand final for mine. Mm. Because I, I don't care who the, the Panthers or the Broncos played last year. One of those sides would have won the comp. Pe- Pe- Penrith would have beaten whoever they had to play from, from another conference. And the Broncos, they would have beat the other side. They were way, way in front of everyone else. So I don't want to see a situation like that where the two best teams, in my opinion, can't make a grand final. That's all. Mm. I think we could work our way through it, that there's a crossover at some point, but yeah, that's for others to decide. I think you could probably tweak it a a fair few ways and get it done, but this conference system sounds perfect for me. The other thing is, Vland is in such a strong position at the moment. This is where he should put the squeeze on Chris Mims and say, listen, you want the grand final in the next 20 years? You give us some more stuff. You give us Campbelltown Stadium, we'll take that off your hands. And you give us that big training centre out at Homebush. We take them off your hands, we own them, the NRL owns them, and you've got the grand final for the next 20 years. Otherwise, if Mims doesn't come to the party, you've got to put the squeeze on him now because he's under pressure. If he doesn't come to the party, guess what? The NRL grand final goes on the road, baby. Good on you, Shane. We appreciate it, mate. Uh, as always, I've got to get to a break, but I lost... Foxy Cleopatra. 
Uh, we need a full report of what happened uh, there on Saturday. Because for me, it looked like she travelled well. Uh, and, uh, you know, popped off the fence as she came around the bend there at Caulfield. Just didn't probably let down the way you wanted. No, I haven't followed up on any reports, but I watched the race and obviously disappointed um, that she didn't run a bit better because we were expecting it to. But I haven't seen the report from Trent. Obviously, I've been busy flying, been in the air. <laughs> but I'll I'll give a detailed report when I hear back from the trainer. But, yeah, disappointing, Mitter. Obviously disappointing. Disappointing for the fans that, you know, had a crack at the multi. Top four were after. Yeah, the princess ran well, even though she finished fourth. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, definitely not following Foxy Cleopatra. This is for the Davo Prize. Uh, and uh, Weekend Hustler from Penrith is uh, his horse to follow through the autumn's militarise. And uh, Beldadoro just fine. And we'll read those out to Davo when we have him on later this morning. Okay, the Brisbane Broncos for season 2024. Well, in 2023, 18 wins, six losses, second on the ladder. They beat the Storm 26-0 in week one of the finals. Then they beat the Warriors 42-12 in the preliminary final. And none of us will forget the grand final when they lost to Penrith 26-24 in an epic. As far as their gains and losses, they've got Fletcher Baker from the Roosters, Jaden Hunt from the Dragons. Uh, Some key losses here. Herbie Farnworth, Tom Flegler, of course, to the Dolphins. Kurt Capewell has gone to the Warriors. Keenan Palacia to the Gold Coast Titans in the futures markets. They're right up there, as you'd expect. They're $4.50, just below Penrith. Penrith, $4. So $4.50, second item betting with Tab to win the premiership. $2.40 to make the grand final again. $4 for the minor premiership. $1.60 top four. A dollar fifteen top eight, four dollars seventy five to miss the top eight. Uh, Loza, obviously some key outs, uh, but it's really hard to see this side going backwards unless they get a multitude of injuries. The Broncos, how do you see it playing out for them in season twenty twenty four? Oh, they'll be there when the whips are cracking. You know, there's no doubt about that. Obviously, the loss of a couple of key players will hurt them. Uh, their death was uh, Herbie Farnworth developed into one of the better centres in the game. Uh, Tommy Flegler. Um, you know, he, his performance got better after the Origin Series, and I think he'll, they'll miss him. And Capewell was one of those guys that just, he does everything well. He does, he's a professional. He shores up that left edge. He really helped Ezra Mann in defence and Herbie Farnworth. Um, he could do what was required, but that was whether to carry the ball in a, in, a, in a tough situation or make a line break when it was needed. Uh, but I think you just give them stability on that edge. Selwyn Cobbo now moves into the centres, and I think he'll be a real threat with the football, Selwyn. And, you know, he's either his best position was either fullback or, or centre. Um, he got caught out at times last year on the wing. Uh, but you can't play him at fullback with Reese Walsh there. And I don't know whether he's got the engine at this stage to be able to cover the ground that's needed or required to play fullback. Uh, but in the centres, he's going to be a constant threat. You've got Tony Staggs out there with him. Uh, Ezra Mann's performance in the grand final was as good as you'll ever see um, in that first 60 minutes. He was just dynamic. He was hard to handle. And you'd think this natural um, improvement through these young guys will, will help them. You know, Rhys Walsh's, Cobos and Ezra Mann's, they're going to be just better players just through natural improvement. The more reps they've played, the tougher the situation they found themselves in last year, more games. Um, and if they stay injury-free, they'll just blow teams apart. And we saw that in a trial against the Cowboys where they weren't at their best. And I think they did this last year. They struggled at times, but then they had a 10-minute period where they put three tries on the board, Reynolds converted, and next thing you know, they'd put 18 points and... Uh, in the game, and, and opposition teams were just blown apart. Payne Haas will have to carry a lot of responsibility up front. I'm really looking forward to seeing who replaces Flegler, whether it be um, a Corey Jensen. He'll probably start the year there and get first opportunity. But Fletcher Baker, they've got a big rap on, and there's a couple of Xavier Willison, I think is another one they've they've got high hopes for. You know, their edge back rower, uh, Jordan Ricky had a standout season. Uh, Pierre Kura. He got injured in a trial against the Cowboys, and we're unsure of whether he'll play in round one over here in Vegas um, against the Roosters. But but he's someone that they've identified as a long-term first-grade player 
of representative capabilities that will figure on that left edge. And we know what Carrigan can do with the ball. So Reynolds has just re-signed. They've got all the ingredients of a, of a very, very good team. While they're possibly not as strong as last year, I think they can cover for their injuries if they don't get uh, for their losses if they don't get too many injuries. And I see them being a top four side and being difficult to beat for the competition. Reese Walsh, if he can keep his head and not get suspended, Dally M season. No reason why he can't. The thing that Reese Walsh has to contend with is this. You know, he's the superstar of the game, and he's the face of the game, and not only on the field but off the field. So there's a lot more attention on Reese, and it's how he handles that, I reckon, which will determine how his season goes. Because as a young player, it's quite easy to get caught up in all that, and you start to do a lot more away from the football, and you deny yourself of preparing in the best possible shape, because you might skip a session here or there. Um, you know, you mightn't be as diligent with your rehab with your injuries. Um, you know, you might not do that extra sprint session because you've got something on outside of football. So, I think he's just got to balance it up with making sure I do everything I did last year, but do it better and actually do some more, but also not denying him the opportunity to go and work on and do the things off field uh, because you don't want to stop someone from, from earning a quid and obviously someone from building his profile and uh, for life after football. But I think that's the key with Reese Walsh. And the other one is when it comes to his football on the field, last year he would just have a crack. And if he wants to get better, which he will, he's just got to limit those chances in his favour. So he, he can't, if it's a um, you know, 50-50, all the time go for it. I, I think he's got to be prepared to think what's best for the team right here now in this moment. Is it a 50-50 or is it the safest call for me not to go with that play, maybe get tackled and we can work off the back of it? I think last year he was very risk taker. He was a risk taker, which you want, but it's got to be more. The odds have got to be more in his favour when he has a crack at doing that. And if he does that, he'll be a wonderful player because what he did last year, no one else can do. So if he limits his errors, you know, we could be talking about. I know it's a big if, but you could be talking about him being regarded as as the best fullback we've seen. What about their loss in the grand final, Loz? Does that help uh, players like Reese Walsh? I think for someone like Adam Reynolds, who's been there before and experienced it, you sort of start a fresh season. But what about these youngsters in the team? Does that help them? Yeah, it's interesting because young blokes these days, they just seem to put it away. They, mm. they, they park it. They don't go back. They don't think about it. Whereas you're right. And Adam Reynolds, who's been around for a number of years, he knows just how hard it is to get to them. Mm. And some players, when they have early success, they just assume that it's going to happen again next year. It's a bit like, I suppose, a batsman, Clarkie, when you you know, you, you score 100 and you walk off the field and you've got to come out and bat again the next day. You, think sometimes you, week. you Yeah, you think it's going to happen <laughs> yeah. again, but yeah. you've, got to, you've got to get yourself you've got back to start in. start again, yeah, exactly right. And you've got to start again. Yeah. So you've got to go through that tough period and you've got to work hard, and you've got to be able to dig in. Um, and if they've got that attitude, they'll, they'll be right. But if they just turn up thinking, yeah. oh, well, well, we'll waltz through this period again, you know, we're a very good footy teams, other teams are chasing them because other teams want to get to where the Broncos and Penrith were. So I, I can't give you a read around until the first month of football because you'll, you'll, you'll know because you'll see what their actions are like on the football field, and you'll see intensity in their performance but one thing you'll see is the effort areas and that's what I always look at and and if their effort areas are good their natural talent will just take over but if they're slackening off in that area it's going to be a hard sell for Kevy to get them going because what they'll do is they, they won't be sort of working as hard but they could be still getting a couple of wins mm. and, and that papers over the, the cracks that are missing it's like winning games of football. Sometimes you can win, but you're not playing well, and the coach comes in and tries to tell you that you know you need to do X, Y, and Z, and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, and at the worst possible moment, all the things that the coach has been pract- uh, telling you 
and preaching to you comes back to bite you on the bottom then. But it's not until you learn that lesson that you understand that this is a tough environment. You've got to be on your game. You've got to work as hard as you well, work harder than what you did the previous year. And if you do that and you've got talent, then your talent will show. 18 wins last season. How many this season, Loz, after going 18 oh, I think they've and got six? To be, they've got to be aiming for the same, the Broncos. Mm. I'll have them in my top four. Um, you know, I, I've looked at a lot of teams. There's some teams that I reckon have improved. Other teams that have stayed steady. Um, there's other teams from the bottom I think will be better, but they're not going to win enough games to get into the finals. Oh, it's a disaster for the Broncos if they make finals. Oh. It's a disaster. And they should be playing. You know, they, they, they should be at least the second week of a finals series. And, and they've, they've got to be looking at top four. So, so I'm, I'm putting them down for the same amount of wins, Minna. We're going to speak to Gary Portelli shortly. Now, uh, Loz, I've got the stewards report here for Foxy Cleopatra uh, from the Peter Young on Saturday. So here we go. Right. Tell me what happened. Race keenly through the early stages. Approaching the 1,400 metres when racing keenly was steadied off the heels of Campionessa, which we know won the race. Uh, Ryder Blake Shin reported the mare race too keenly. As a result, failed to run on. A post-race veterinary examination revealed no significant findings. So there you go. It was a bit well, keen in the that's run. A bit keen in the run. No, oh, well, that's okay. She had the blinkers on for the first time. We thought that might have helped her because she'd been a bit flat. Like she races and then hits a flat spot and then get going again. Um, just back to the drawing board, you know. Mm. But, you know, I, I, she, she will win a race. And you know what I'm happy about? She'll win a, win a race and it'll be a decent price. And I will now start to back her. Oh, you I don't like using, on. Well, I, well, I don't like to back my own horses. Because yeah, when they're running in, in um, for big prize money, you, I don't like to jinx them. But you know what? With all the criticism out there from people, <laughs> if there's been criticism of my sexy one, I will now back her because I know, I know she'll win one day and she's going to win at a big price. Please let us know if you do get uh, abused about the multi in Vegas. Uh, and whether the multi-abuse <laughs> goes global. Because uh, I get the feeling it's a matter of time. Uh, well, I met a couple of boys last night that were keen listeners to the program. They didn't mention the multi. But they have been over here in LA oh, for just a little bit. Your and face. They... Possibly. When you possibly. walked away. What about his crap multi? Yeah. Mm. Well, it, it was funny. You do. You do. You know, no, no, no. It was funny because they knew a group of mates of mine. Mm. So we got talking about that and we shared some stories about our group and they added up so I knew they must have been friends. It's on the agenda today. What is it, Monday? I suppose it doesn't matter what uh, day it is over there. You're on holiday. No, they all look the same. I'll tell you what, the weather has been beautiful, boys. The weather is, it looks uh, lovely again today. I'm just looking out my window. Uh, I can see, boys, uh, the Venetian winds. Treasure Island. I'm up the... I don't know whether it's the north or southern end. You had a drink yet? No. Not a sip of alcohol? No, I had a glass of red on the plane. <sighs> Deary me. Get a life, Matt. <laughs> glass of red. Well, there's no one here that I know yet. Oh, mate, you don't need anyone. Go for a walk. I'm surprised you weren't doing karaoke on your own last night. Up on no, stage, dancing and singing. I tell you what, I, I was I was about to do. Oh no! Because <laughs> I went. No, I went. I did go for a walk, and I walked all the way down the strip. Mm-hmm. You go to New York, New York, mm-hmm. and they they have what they call dueling pianos. So they have mm-hmm. a guy playing a piano mm-hmm. and another guy playing a piano, and they face off against each other. A piano. And off. basically, you pay them to sing, and then if someone pays the other bloke more. Or pays them, then they start to play. So they call it the dueling piano. What it's, if no one pays? They just sit and look at each other. Yeah, but people pay. You don't have to pay like two bucks or three bucks or five bucks or whatever it may be. You just give them anything and then they start playing. And they're very, very good. I remember last time I came here, I, I, I discovered it and I want to go back. Mm. It's taking busking to a new level, that, isn't it? That's A grade. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but they are, they are very good. They're and there's plenty good. of buskers on the street, too. Mm. Plenty of buskers on the street. There are plenty of scammers too. You know when you look around for scammers, 
No, you're, you're not searching good over for here because I can tell. You're, yeah, you're, am, you're asking to be pickpocketed the way you're going. Just no, I dressed like a, an American yesterday. <laughs> What is that? The cap backwards. Yeah. Had the cap on backwards. Oh dear! Lakers shirt. Golden, yeah, yeah, Golden State Warriors yeah. singlet. Singlet. Oh. Over a t-shirt. Uh, I had the baggy tracksuits. I had the brand new white sneakers. Love it. Just don't waste. And I had the, the bag. Else. I had the bag over the shoulder. You know, and the it was at the front. What do they call that? The man bag. Yeah. Oh, so me and I was like rocking satchel. it. Some sort of yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well. So, mate, I wasn't getting robbed yesterday because I look like a local. Love it. All right. We're going to speak to one of the Warwick Farm locals now, trainer based there, uh, ahead of a big autumn ahead. Gary Portelli is joining us. Gary, a very good morning. Good morning to you guys, too. Uh, Lovely pre- day. Appreciate your time. And, uh, well, first, let's start with NCAP, which just doesn't run poorly, Gary. And just found one better in the in Celestial Legend, sorry, in the Hobartville on Saturday. What did you make of the run of NCAP? Well, as soon as the barrier draw came out on Wednesday, we went from confident to hopeful. Um, they went 400 metres out of the barriers and went from hopeful to this is a disaster. <laughs> um, we're three deep, no cover, around the corners at Rose Hill and, you know, be prepared for some pretty sad faces after the race. But, mate, he, he, he picked himself up, he straightened up, he went to the front probably a little early, but he had to. He was trying to just keep him rolling. And then I looked back as I watched Celestial Legend canter down the barriers and I thought, God, it looks well. And the way it was taking the rider during, uh, to the barriers was just... You know, shit, it's going to be hard to face. <laughs> anyway, come to the corner, I looked for them colours and they were coming off our heels and I knew it had a softer run than us and was just too good for us on the day. So, um, massive run. You know, like I said, by Wednesday, our, our, our confidence was starting to, to, to deplete and, um, as I said, for him to fight back like he did just goes to show the quality of the horse. He's, a, he's pretty good. He's by capitalist end cap. What, what do you feel his best distance could be, Gary? Look, his ability to switch off and relax takes him probably out to the mile, I'd say. That'd be as far as he would be aiming. So, obviously, the, the Roundwick Guineas Saturday week is our, our, our main aim. Um, but, you know, as I said, he switches off so well. We've just got to draw a gate. You know, if he draws a decent gate and can get a nice run in behind, get some cover, he's, he's got the ability to really ex, 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 you know, extend and... Um, now, I'm looking forward to it because I've said all along I think he's a miler and, and uh, we get the chance at Group 1 level to do it. How did Komochi pull up after winning the Light Fingers, Gaz, and now she's looking for the surround? She pulled up better than I did, I'll tell you, Loz. Um, <laughs> she, she was bouncing around looking for more the next day. I was, I was certainly not in that shape. But um, nah, it was good to see her finally win a race. She's been promising and... You know, um, sometimes you get these horses just don't win and they, they frustrate the hell out of you. There's always an excuse every week, but there was no excuses for a change. It was good. I thought there was going to be when uh, um, Annabelle's horse came down the outside, looked like it had us covered, but she fought back, which was great. And uh, um, her work this morning, um, I think, you know, she's ready to go again next Saturday without a doubt. She's just unbelievable work this morning. Ran time without even asking. Pulled up like she hadn't been out there to work yet. Um, she's ready to peak this weekend. Yeah, looking forward to seeing her. Komochi is very much in that market. All in, by the way, for our listeners, $6 currently for the surround stakes. All in on Saturday. Uh, Kintyre was first up. Gary off the one trial was third, beaten a length by Gently Rolled. How do you feel that he went, Kintyre, on Saturday? Well, we're pretty confident he could win until the barrier draw came out for him. He drew 16. Um, so we had to go right back to get in. He got back a long way, and his last furlong was unbelievable, like we are expecting from him. But if he had drawn, drawn a gate, I think he would have won. Um, and then, you know, we've got three weeks to his next start, the far lap over 1,500. So looking forward to him. He's half brother to Fireburn, as you know, and um, not quite in her level, but I tell you, he's not far off. He's going well. Nice to hear. Gaz, you had a few... Sorry, Loz. Gaz, you had a few horses troll yesterday at Warwick Farm. Are we happy with their runs? Yeah, a lot of nice horses trialling there, in particular a horse called Artifacts. I liked him trial. He's trialled late in the day. He's been showing plenty at home. Had a few little injuries, shin soreness, etc. Pulled muscles, you know. You know, it's like you high-class athletes, mate, when you've got sore muscles. Ouch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that, 
You just can't get them going. <laughs> These days for Clarkie, though, Gaz, it's, it's not from uh, doing easy, anything on the training track. <laughs> easy, Tiger. <laughs> Maybe you remember them days. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, you know, he's a nice horse. Um, he was probably the most impressive from a maiden point of view anyway. I really like the way he went for our syndicator elite thoroughbreds. Um, he's a flying arty um, gelding, and, yeah, he could be something that we can keep him together. He'd be a nice horse for us. But, uh, yeah, there was a nice horse there, full metal jacket from the Trilogy Syndications um, called Ownership Group, and uh, like him for, you know, maybe a fern hill or a champagne steaks type of thing. He's a really nice capitalist Colt as well. I like him a lot. Uh, you've got a couple in today. It's Scone, Gary, Scorpion, Jack in race three and Kimono in race four, assuming uh, they're both running, are they? And, and how do you think they'll go? Uh, Scorpion, Jack will run. Uh, not sure if I'll take Kimono there. It's a big field and drawn bad and she's big odds, so it's a long way to go to get beat. Um, we'll keep her for another day. Uh, but he he's a nice horse. He, he, uh, he ran a lot better than what it'll look on paper last start. And uh, big track at game will give him a chance of good odds as well. So I like his chances today. Okay, that's uh, for our listeners. Race three, number 10, Scorpion Jack is $21 currently and $5 the place. And uh, it needs a run at this stage. You've got tender eyes in uh, as an emergency at this stage for Rose Hill tomorrow. Um, yeah, he's about fifth emergency. And yeah. uh, he ran an enormous race last week at Canterbury. And if he, uh, if he gets a run, he's a great chance. Okay, great stuff. Anything else from the stable we need to be looking out for heading towards the autumn? Well, I've got a big name. You've nearly gone through a lot of them, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, the big earners are going well, and that's the main thing, you know. Um, and, you know, we, we, we get just as excited as seeing the horse going, going today. We're just, you know, pressure's on. I, I, I get more pressure out of the horses that, you know, struggle to win races. I like to see them win for their owners. And, and um, you know, the, 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 at that level, that maiden through to... You know, um, the benchmark race is a lot of good horses at that level, so it's pretty hard to win consistently. So, um, you know, just get that maiden over and done, which is important. When was the last time you were in Vegas, guys? As Loz just uh, looks down the strip currently at uh, all the uh, temptations under the sun. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, mate, I let this on my 50th, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there's plenty of people over here, guys. I'll tell you what, there's plenty of Aussies. There's yeah, a, there was a, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, there's, I, I reckon there'd be 15,000, 20,000 people have made the trip over, and I reckon I ran into a lot of them last night. Uh, there's also a, a builder's convention on. I ran into a few builders. How many blokes you reckon to be putting their hand up to go to that from around the world? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'd say the turnover's a bit better than Taylor Swift did for Sydney, that's for sure. <laughs> Appreciate your time, Gaz. Enjoy the order, mate. Thank you very much. Gary Portelli there. And, uh, gee, says uh, he's 20 to 1 shot. will run well today at Scone. That's race three, number 10, Scorpion Jack. Uh, said Kimono's likely to come out of race four there at Scone today. Naturally, very uh, buoyant. Uh, just hoping for a good draw with Kamochi on Saturday, heading towards the surround stakes, the Group 1 at Rarewick. Uh, the Blue Mountains Panda uh, t- texts in, Boys, I wouldn't worry about Foxy Cleopatra. I own a small share in a horse called Jack Knows Best. Late 2022 was running places behind Campionessa. Now in Oz with Simon Wilde, our best performance since winning a high-weight benchmark 58 at Hamilton. Oh, the great game. <laughs> a lot of us uh, have been there, that's for sure. But good on you, the Blue Mountains Panda. The great game it is. It is Thanks ten... for your confidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, if we see her at a benchmark 58 in six months, well, I mean, anything. Well, I won't, be in, I won't be in the ownership group. <laughs> <laughs> So Corey Holman coming up shortly. Just some big news, by the way, over in the Premier League overnight. Uh, Everton have moved from 17th to 15th on the table. Their penalty for breaching financial rules was reduced from 10 to 6 points on appeal. Uh, So they've been, what, 10 points short since November. Now, 6-point deduction for Everton. They're still facing another charge for alleged breaches. But as it stands now, Everton are 5 points clear of the relegation zone with 12 games left in the season. They haven't got a league victory, though, since mid-December. Uh, so they've been in a bit of a free-fall after they had a good period post that points deduction. But uh, now 
five points clear of the relegation zone. Good news for them uh, overnight there, Everton. Now, there is a Premier League game uh, about to kick off, by the way, uh, this morning. Yes, West Ham are playing Brentford. This kicks off at about seven minutes' time, and the market with Tab has West Ham $2.30, Brentford $2.90, and the draw is paying $3.40 there. But we're talking the A-League men's now and City FC coming off a 1-1 draw with Melbourne City on the weekend. They're sixth on the ladder. They're four points clear of seventh, which is Melbourne City. But we turn our attention to Saturday night, Combank Stadium, and it is the derby. City FC up against the Western Sydney Wanderers, and the Wanderers, as it stands uh, on the ladder... Are just ahead of them, one point ahead of them, in fact. Sydney uh, only two points behind MacArthur in fourth as well. So this table quite congested still, and it's great to speak to their midfielder, Corey Holman. Corey, good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate your time, and always disappointing to give up a lead. How did you assess the performance internally against City, where you shared the points? Yeah, I thought we deserved to get the three points. Played really well. Um, maybe you could have been a bit more clinical with our chances and defending a little bit better. But overall, I was happy with how the team played and showed some really promising signs for the derby. Yeah, Corey, Mido just mentioned how tight the draw is at the moment or the top of the table is. Every game's so important. And I think at the moment, it seems like defence-wise, you guys are finding ways to, to prevent opposition scoring, but just having trouble putting those goals in yourself. Yeah, well, we're normally scoring lots of goals. Yeah. Um, but the last couple of weeks, we've had Jake and Hayden, a new centre-back partnership, and they've played extremely well together and managed to keep out, I think, only two goals in the last three games. So, no, they've been doing really well. We just need to start scoring at the other end as well now, uh, which we normally have no problems doing. So I'm sure it'll come back in no time. Yeah, what do you put it down to, Corey? Missing, uh, you know, oh. not converting those, those chances. Obviously, um yeah, you know, there's there's reasons for it, but how do you then improve it during training and practice during the week? We just keep working on it. It's nothing really. The, this this stuff happens in football. Um, we keep working, and it's not due to form or confidence or anything like that. We're really playing well, and the boys are happy with how we're playing. So yeah, it will come back. Anything change, mate? Playing the Wanderers that derby. Obviously, lots of talk outside or off the off the pitch. Um, we love games like this, but from within the group, is there any extra motivation? Not that it's needed, I'm sure. No, yeah, of course it's a, it's a derby. The derby's always a little bit different, but the process of training will stay the same. We're still prepare the same and organise ourselves the same. But on the night, of course, it's going to be a bit more bit more energy. It'll be a bit more fire. It'll be a very intense game. Um, but for the moment, we keep things the same. Corey, another yellow card. So no Luke Bratton, your captain this week. Uh, how will that impact the side? And I guess yourself as well, considering you play next to each other in the midfield there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we'll do yet. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, he's obviously a very quality player and has a lot of experience in games, especially like these. That's a massive loss for the team. And myself as well, playing next to him, he makes my life a lot easier when he's, when he's telling me what I need to do and stuff like that. But we've got a lot of quality plays that we can bring in and a lot of plays that can adapt and play that position. So we'll see what happens, but we'll be fine. And what about your role within the team, Corey? Um, you know, obviously everyone has a, has a plan and a place and, you know, the new managers come in at the start of the year and obviously tinkered with things. What's he done differently for you? Uh, yeah, my role is a lot of work, but I love it. I think the, the job that he's given me suits me really, really well. Um, I get to be quite aggressive in defence and, and try to win the ball quite high up the field. Um, but then also try to help the team build up as well and, and move the ball around quite nicely. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy the role I'm playing this year. Um, and I think it suits me fairly well. Well, looking forward to seeing another derby, Corey. Go well and appreciate your time this morning. Thanks a lot, guys. Corey Holman, Sydney FC. So that is Saturday night, Paramount Plus. Uh, the Wanderers, $2.40. Sydney FC, $2.60. The draw, $3.60. The market with tab there. Uh, now, thank you to 2444 Raider for sending this in. Hi, guys. James Webb. Uh, has just won the Pistachios Kraken Eating Championship in Santa Monica, California. 
It was the second event of the Major League eating season. Competitors had to crack and consume as many pistachios in eight minutes. And James won the contest by cracking and consuming 338 pistachios. He defeated the likes of, well, Joey Chestnut. Nah, the number one ranked eater in the world. The chestnut lost the pistachio cracking competition. Is the chestnut number one for for hot dogs only or for everything? Well. I think it's just hot dog king only, isn't it? Well, we need the, well, obviously he's not the... We need the eating enthusiasts to let us know there. <laughs> but you'd think with the name Joey Chestnut, he should be winning a nut-eating competition. should be good on the nuts. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, well not done, today. James Webb. Go Webbian. We're going for buffet with Webbian. extra element, doesn't it? The fact you've got to crack your pistachios. Well, I reckon that's, for them, that would be the hardest part. Well, they, exactly. they'll eat, they eat the eating they're, good, they're mm. quick at, but the technique to mm. crack it yourself... Might need to have a look online. I want to see the cracking technique. He was just doing an Instagram live. So, yeah, James Webb, there you go. Champion again.